you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, March 28th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, the pride of the Bulldogs, the Fresno State Bulldogs. He's the pride of the Texans, the Houston Texans. He's the pride of the Giants, the New York Giants. Had a cup of coffee with the Panthers Mm -hmm. and the Niners, too. He's Mm -hmm. a Super Bowl winner who was born in the year of the GOAT, which is a rather appropriate thing for me because he's on the short list for greatest hair and humans of all time. He's David Carr. Welcome back to the pod, DC. What a great intro. Thanks, man. Look, you wore the black and blue of the Panthers for 10 minutes, yes, but I am compelled to ask nonetheless, with the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select... Oh, it's so close. I'm going to say Bryce Young. Bryce Young. I'm going to say Bryce Young. Even though I was at Ohio State and I watched the interaction, and I've known Josh McCown and Frank for a long time, they love CJ. But it's hard not to like either one of those guys. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Bryce. I think there's a part of all of you guys in the field. You are trying to pick up on the energy given off by the people that are there. So you're feeling maybe an inclination towards CJ. But really, I want to know, if you're sliding the card, the name on the card is Bryce Young. Bryce Young, for me, yes. He is the most Sunday-ready player. In your estimation, he's by far the best quarterback in this class, correct? I think that if he was 6'3", there would be no question. I think that that his skill set is one that, when we talk about what Kyler Murray is able to do moving around, maybe he's not as dynamic, because I got a little pushback on that. But I think that from a playmaking standpoint, he moves like Deshaun and, and Kyler, and he has the precision. And I love, I, there's, a, there's a sound bite that if you listen to the kid talk, they asked him what he tries to do when he goes out on the field. And he says, I try to make the most efficient play I can on every snap, whether it's run game or pass game. Like that is, if you're an NFL GM, can you ask for a better soundbite from really a quarterback? Can. You really can. It's so perfect. But he doesn't play that. He plays, he plays a little bit of recklessness, too. But he's playing efficiently, so it's like, man, that card's already in for me. It's if Bryce. he was 6'3", it would be a no-brainer. How tall are you? Yeah, 6'3". Yeah, see, yeah. you self-involved quarterbacks. You're it's all the same. It's not my fault. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And on today's show, David, can you do me a favor? Start that clock, please. Yeah, right there. Got Thank it. you. 
Uh, we will continue our countdown to the draft. And we don't have to go very far today, thankfully. Just across the street to SoFi Stadium for an examination and a celebration of the powder blue boys, the Bolts, the L.A. Chargers. What were they in 2022? What will they be in 2023? And what is the perfect draft plan for the Chargers? Plus, of course, we will throw open the doors to the NFL Hall of Fans. Cue the music. Kill the music. Turns out, David, it's a bit of a hard-knock life, this life of a Chargers fan. Perhaps the frustration and the failures provide a balance point to the mild temperatures of coastal bliss that many a Chargers fan lives. But whether it's a divine plan or a devilish accident, the fact is that from the crucible of Bolt's worship comes a fired and ferocious kind of fandom, tested but true for those of you out there who are willing to stick it out. And who knows? Maybe Chargers fans are better suited to the vagaries of this life than those of you for whom winning comes so easily. Fact is, today's Chargers fan stories are stories you need to hear, and I can't wait to bring them to you. I am also honored and humbled to bring you the story of a Chargers legend, Rolf Benershka. There's a name you never forget yeah. once you hear it. You know that name, David Carr, mm -hmm. who, along with Packers legend Willie Buchanan, is telling another kind of story today. It's a story of survival, a near-death experience, the miracle of medicine and the power of intention. This is a stunning tale that needs to be told and needs to be heard. Stay tuned for that. Plus, Lamar to the Colts. Good thinking or good grief? Will Levis falling in the most recent mock draft. Is he overrated or is this an overreaction? Aaron Rodgers, not worth a first-round draft pick? Mm. Whatever happened to the value of an MVP? And Kyle Shanahan is so confident he can win with any quarterback. But the question is, David, who is that quarterback but first this car play action again looking downfield lofts it near corner adams wide open at the five he walks in and the raiders walk off with a win derek dallas Carr turns 32 years old today happy birthday little bro david i'm blindsiding you with this one but look if i want to outshine your birthday gift what am i in for how big do i have to go here <laughs> uh so derek's favorite arcade game when we were growing up was NFL Blitz. He loved it, he would actually play it on consoles, but we played it a couple times when we were able, actually able to go to an old school arcade and he was like thrown into a time machine because that wasn't his jam. But I was able to find one refurbished and I sent it to his house this morning and he got it at like 8 a.m. So it was mostly for his kids, my nephews. They're gonna love it, but I know Derek's gonna get a little game time too. I can't compete with that. Happy birthday, <laughs> Derek Carr. That's right. Okay, next topic, really the first topic. David, you know the old phrase, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Well, what the hell do you do if you have three quarterbacks? <laughs> what is the future of the quarterback position, at least at the beginning of the season in San Francisco, the way you see it? It is very interesting. I think that this is a world that they've found themselves in the last couple of years. They aren't really in a situation where they're freaking out like the rest of us outside of those walls. I had an opportunity to talk to Kyle Shanahan most recently, actually, and he doesn't feel bothered by the situation at all. He thinks, and this is not from his words, but you can just tell by his tone and having known him since he was an assistant at, in Houston 20 years ago, he really believes that his offensive skill set the guys that he has around the quarterback and his scheme are elite, are, are above average. Are They're in a situation where they can plug anybody in. And Brock's great. I think Brock played fantastic. I mean, he, what, he was one football game and he was knocked out of that game. So he didn't have a chance to finish it. I thought he played excellent, but I think that there's a belief within San Francisco that he maybe could be improved on. Maybe it's Trey Lance, maybe it's Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was just signed. I've said for a while, Sam Darnold, who played good football last year, 
actually for the Carolina Panthers. Not a lot of people notice that because the Panthers weren't maybe very good, but he played really good. And this is, this is an offense where he has the same skill set as Brock Purdy, but I think you, you crank it up a notch at you with the deep throwing, pushing the ball in the field, the ability to make plays. Brock is, Brock is limited for as good as he was. He's just limited physically. And I think that Sam is very interesting. Now, it could be a situation where he's gonna get a ton of reps. He's an experienced quarterback that's hungry to win. I would not count him out starting opening day. Okay, so Brock's biggest limitation as it stands right now is not a matter of opinion, it is a matter of fact. His rehabilitation has him set for an earliest return week one, latest return week four. Mm -hmm. That obviously precludes him from taking part in any off-season competition. Keynote. So the quarterback competition in San Francisco ostensibly is between Trey Lance, who should be ready for OTAs, which begin mid-April, Good. and Sam Darnold, the aforementioned Sam Darnold, in whom you have maybe more belief than others. I wouldn't be surprised if who starts for the Niners week one. Sam Darnold. Really? Not be surprised. I just think that as, you know, you draft Trey, and I think that everybody wanted it to work out. I would argue that not everybody in the building Shares was that all now. the way in, was all the way in on was Trey. Was then. Gotcha. Was then. I think that that was, it was probably between one or two guys, and the decision was made to take Trey. And I don't know that necessarily everybody in that room was 100% behind that decision. I'm not going to ask you to answer this, but I'm going to infer like a lot of listeners at home that when you look at Jed York, John Lynch, and Kyle Shanahan, you are suggesting that there wasn't unanimity Correct. in that decision. That Correct. there was at least one, if not more than one, detractor yes. from the Trey Lance decision going all in on Trey Lance. Yes. Next topic, David, do you hear that sound? Very nice. That is not an anvil falling. That's Anthony Richardson and Will Levis falling in Bucky Brooks' latest mock draft. Anthony Richardson falls out of the top 10 to Seattle at 20. Will Levis falls out of the first round altogether. Mm -hmm. David, after a couple of post-combine weeks in which these guys were seen by many as top 10 picks, even top 5 picks, mm -hmm. is Bucky's correction a correction you can live with? Yeah, I actually heard it this morning in our meeting, and, and I'm glad that you guys dropped that nugget because I had not seen Bucky's corrections, and I was going to come into that meeting with the same type of information. So having been out at the Pro Days and now have, having seen the workouts, they've done a lot of interviews with these teams also, the teams that you know, possibly could draft these two players. I can't say that reviews are great, you know, and that it gives me, uh, I'm concerned because I want to see everyone excel. I want those guys to have successful careers. I want them to land in the perfect spot where a coach or a quarterback or a team can get the most out of their ability. I'm a little bit fearful for Will because of some of the inconsistencies and some of the way, and some of the things that I heard coming out of the meetings weren't great and then the pro day was a little inconsistent he didn't throw it the way he wanted to so I could easily see him dropping out of the first round I'm not so convinced about Anthony I, I I do agree that he could fall out of the top 10 it's not as concerning for me I think that everybody kind of knows what Anthony is he's a really he's really a raw player I think Thomas Davis who we're going to talk to today is he shares you can see some elite plays now it's not it's not every down He's inconsistent, but I think everybody knows that. So if you're going to take him, you're going to build an offensive system around his ability to run the football. Just see, look at Cam Newton, right? Cam Newton, Jalen Hurts, you insert all these guys that are now able to utilize their legs in the run game, and it just equals the playing field, man. Especially for a young quarterback, you can do so much there. I almost, I was going to put Will in that same boat, 
before I took my trip last week. And I'm, I'm kind of hesitating to put him in that boat because yeah. I think that people see some things that, that make them a little bit nervous. The phrase that I heard this morning bandied about was the difference between top of draft plays and number one overall pick plays. Now, you are a former number one overall pick, and I think it was Thomas Davis who clarified that, yes, he sees what others see in Anthony Richardson, Mm -hmm. that clearly he has an upside for days. His ceiling is potentially beyond our our vision. It's so high. But the fact is he is such a project, as you mentioned. And, yes, he has top-of-draft ability. But right now, as it stands, he does not have number one overall pick ability. He is not making number one overall pick plays, whereas Bryce Young for you and maybe even C.J. Stroud are, which is why they are in those places and will remain in those places. Correct? You're nodding? Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I think that when you watch Bryce and when you watch C.J. play, it's just a different style of playing quarterback. They are, they are so polished. They're so ready to win. You can put them in any system. I mean, they're not necessarily going to be the physical presence that Anthony would be from a downhill running ability perspective. You're going to play offensive football different. If I'm, if I'm calling plays for C.J. or Bryce, it's going to look vastly different than if I'm calling plays for Anthony Richardson. So the, the team that is going to grab an Anthony is, going to, is literally going to be a ground-and-pound team, a team like the Colts, very physically oriented. They're going to run the football downhill. Seattle is also another team. I know they have Geno, but that's a, he's going to need some time also to develop. So you can develop on the sideline. If you have a good coaching staff, you can develop while you're playing. If you develop while you're playing, you got to make the game simple. you got to make it one-on-ones on the outside or running the football. Right, it's got to be very clear, cut. Ask him to win on third down in red zone, yes, but that's going to take some time. Just like we saw Jalen, it took him some time, and he developed into quite the pocket passer. Anthony has the same ability. I mean, some of the th- it's not just physical like running. Some of the throws that he makes, it's like, that is incredible. Yeah. If you could somehow tap into that and make that something, man, you got something. So it'll be fun. I remember when Lamar came out and there were questions about his accuracy. There was no questioning his innate physical ability. It was extraordinary. But there were questions about his accuracy. And of course, that always comes into play when you are making a hell of an investment on a young man in the first round of the draft. His fall, ostensible fall in the first draft was, of course, the Ravens gain. But I remember watching him throw the ball, I believe at his pro day, possibly even the combine, if memory serves. And he was capable of that throw that made you sit up and say, mm-hmm. well, oh my goodness, if that is the ceiling, if that is the upside, and he just needs to figure out how to do that more consistently, mm-hmm. well, then we're going to be fine. We thought the same thing of Josh Allen. He was dogged by questions That's about right. his accuracy, and they were legitimate questions about his accuracy. But under the right tutelage, we saw what he has become and what he still can mm-hmm. be. Translation, there's certainly a lot of hope for both of you, Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, but you may be falling to the appropriate place in the end. In these mock drafts, we will see, of course, what happens on April 27th. That is day one of the 2023 NFL Draft presented by Verizon. Make NFL Network and NFL Plus your draft headquarters. We'll see when the time comes. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with the former number one overall pick, David Carr. And the next topic is a headline ripped straight from the ether. And yes, admittedly, it is fueled by idle and anxious imagination of fools like me. Lamar Jackson, the great eight, the former MVP, the disgruntled Raven, the underpaid and underappreciated human highlight reel begins. The 2023 NFL season wearing the blue and the white of the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, aside from the silly old-timey accent, David, how do you like like the sound of that? I like that a lot, actually. You do? Why? I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I think that I keep going back to this, you know, this scenario where you pull the offensive coordinator from the Philadelphia Eagles who ran a certain system and watched a quarterback dominate in the run game and then make plays in the pass game as he needed to. And then you look at what the Colts are are building and what they have. They have essentially a good running back, good run game, at least in general, if they can add a few pieces at the offensive line, schematically maybe even clean some things up. You insert Lamar Jackson, just like we were talking about with Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. You insert Lamar, who's already an established MVP in this league. He's not even 30 years old yet. And that's, that's by the way, never happened before. An, an MVP quarterback is now available? Yeah. What are we doing? Like, yeah. if I'm the Colts, I've already made that offer sheet. I, I've already filled that out. I filled that out as fast as I would if I had, you know, the first pick and I'm picking Bryce Young. That's that's how fast I do that. I just, I'm surprised that they have not done that yet. One more news item to get to. Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst says a first round pick is not necessary in his mind mm. to secure a deal with the New York Jets for Aaron Rodgers, Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, said a whole bunch of very nice things about his want-away quarterback, and then he advised all of us that we should, quote, temper our expectations of Jordan Love if, as expected, Love assumes the mantle of leadership in Rodgers' absence. This is the full quote from Matt LaFleur. David, I want you to listen to this and interpret and possibly Mm -hmm. translate. Quote, we're excited about Jordan and how he's been able to progress as a quarterback, how he's matured as a man. LaFleur said all of this at the annual league meeting in Phoenix. He went on to say it's going to be a different role for him, certainly. And I think we all have to kind of temper our expectations for him. It's different when you're going into a game versus when you're starting a game. It's going to be a process, but it's going to be exciting for him, for us. He goes on to say, finally, I don't think any quarterback can truly do it on their own in this league. So it's going to be everybody rallying around him and trying to be at the best of their ability so that he can go out there and perform as good as he possibly can. Now, David, 
I'm no PR savant, <laughs> but that doesn't exactly sound like a vote of confidence. No. He's being very measured in his language. Is it possible that he's under-promising so that he can over-deliver? I think MJ said that in yeah, the meeting. Or is this a sign that a major step back may be on offer in Green Bay? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's probably a lot of those things. I think under-promising under is probably a good approach. I would say that we're already there. I think that we already kind of feel like he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. I've known Jordan for a long time. I've seen him when he was in high school. I've watched him develop. He's in a good position right now. He's in a good place. As I watched him move around and play in his limited role last year, I thought he looked really good. I thought he, I thought he was a guy that handled the offense, understood where to go with the football, and started to look like Aaron Rodgers. And that's like the one thing you can look at as these young quarterbacks develop. They start to carry themselves like the guy that's been running this thing for a while because he's been doing it right, wins MVP. Oh, Jordan starts to look like him. Great. I think he's ready. Now, I think I think where Matt made the mistake is he didn't necessarily have to go public with that part of it, where let's just kind of everyone calm down. I don't know if Jordan's quite going to be the guy. Yes, well, maybe he won't be, but I think that you can go a long way in giving your guy a little confidence in the media by saying, we're going to be just fine. You know, we're a team that's won 13 games. We're going to just keep going. We're going to keep plugging away. Because in reality, you didn't do anything in the offseason to put more talent around him. To your point, Drew, in the meeting, they lost Alan Lazard. He's now a Jet. So you're not getting better around him. Hopefully they have a good draft, but they're going to need some pieces. You know, you already had a, you had a nice established veteran wide receiver that you didn't sign back. Now that's two in the last couple years that have left, you know, that you had that could have helped him a lot. So I get a little concerned for Jordan because I would have liked him seen. I know the Packers don't historically go all in in free agency, but you got to give me a little something other than just letting pieces walk out the building because that's, what, that's the idea, right? If you got a young quarterback and you're losing a guy that makes $50 million, Right? You're going to grab some draft picks. Maybe you can get some capital there. But I would have liked to see you spend a little bit of money. You know, you got a team that's maybe right there. Maybe you didn't achieve what you wanted to last year with your eight wins. But you had 13 the last couple years before that. You're, you can't be that far away. Add some pieces around your young quarterback. And make it easier for him. That's what I would like to see. Packers fans, you have 10 total picks in this year's draft. You have four of those in the seventh round, so don't get too excited. But that's certainly a good haul of draft capital with which to work. Yeah. And to David's point, you've got work to do to build around Jordan Love. I think the word of the day in Green Bay, for me, it's overshare. Because for Gutekunst to say that a first-rounder <laughs> is no longer necessary in his mind, he one. has now lost leverage. Yeah. And yeah. for Lafleur to say what he said, he has not resisted the temptation to overshare his narrative about Jordan Love. I would be a terrible head coach. I wouldn't I would overshare everything, as you know that I yeah, would. But you fine. were the face of a franchise that was struggling, so you learned how to pull your punches. And, of course, you spent a significant amount of time in New York. And in the, in the face of that press, you have to learn, more importantly, yeah. what not to say right. than what to say. Stop oversharing, Green Bay. <laughs> it's not doing you any favors. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with former number one overall pick and Super Bowl champion David Carr. David, let us restart the clock in our countdown to the 2023 NFL Draft. Again, presented by Verizon, April 27th. Coverage begins 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network and NFL Plus. Today, we make the short walk across the street from our NFL media offices here in Inglewood, California, really no more than a gap wedge, to SoFi Stadium, where we turn our attention and our focus on the LA Chargers. The history of the LA Chargers, of course, doesn't even begin in LA. Dean Spanos has been the owner since 2006. And of course, they made the journey up the 405 from San Diego to end up in LA. 1960 was their first season in the NFL, 64 seasons in all. Their winningest coach, Sid Gilman, 86 wins, 53 losses, six ties. Their overall record, one game above 500, 478 wins, 477 losses, 11 ties. That is a 501 win percentage. As for Super Bowls, one appearance, no wins. That's what the future is for. They have a playoff record of 12 and 19. They have four retired jerseys to their name. Number 14, Dan Fouts. Number 19, Lance Allworth. Number 21, our dear friend, Ladanian Tomlinson. And of course, number 55, Double Nichols Jr. Seau. How many Hall of Famers? 10. 10 players and coaches in the Hall of Fame. Guys like LT, Junior Seau, Charlie Joyner, Kellen Winslow, the aforementioned Dan Fouts, and Lance Allworth. Okay, that's what they've been. What are they now? Well, let's start with the recent past. What were they in 2022? Well, they were 10 and 7. They were second in the AFC West, and in the wild card round, they had a stunning first half against the Jags. Herbert to pass to the end zone. Caught. Everett, touchdown, Chargers! 24-0. Of course, we all remember, they also had a stunning reversal of fortune in the second. There are no words to describe what we witnessed here tonight. This is a team that boasted a top 10 offense, thanks to a third-ranked passing offense. Throws to the end zone, looking for Mike Williams. One-handed grab! Touchdown, Chargers! They ranked eighth on third downs. They were a top four NFL team at not turning the ball over, but they were 30th in rushing and 28th in big plays. On the other side of the ball, they were the 20th ranked defense in the NFL. That's bottom half in this league, and I should think it is top of mind in the draft. And Carr is dropped! He's going to be sacked! They were stout against the pass, ranked 7th in the NFL, but they were 28th against the run and 29th in yards 
per play. David, you're a California kid. Bakersfield, mm-hmm. northern, sort of central northern. Yeah. About two-thirds of the way up, right? Yeah. We go back and forth. So you had options. Fresno. You had, Did have a lot you had of Raiders. Yeah. You had Niners. You had Rams, depending yeah, on the year. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you had Chargers. And yet, of course, you, because you had to be you, you were in a family of Cowboys fans. So you Wild. supported the Dallas Cowboys. At that time, probably a very wise choice. However... You are a student of the game, a sometime historian of the game. I know you know the Chargers and probably preferred them over the Niners, I'm guessing. Yes. Uh, you probably liked the Raiders a little bit, had a little love for Did. them. Uh, I don't know how you felt about the Rams. Eh, they I were could, too I, fickle. I, They're yeah, here. They're not here. Like, Who are they? Yeah, They're they not ours. Not ours. Let's talk Chargers. Yes, do it. Who is your favorite ever Chargers player? David Carr. So I have a couple images that pop into my brain. One is Junior Seau standing in the A-gap about yeah. to destroy me week two when I played my rookie year. And I think they had 10 sacks that game. So I lost a little bit of love for Junior that day. But I really did respect the man. But <laughs> the respect meter man, went way up. so high. So I, I probably would have to pick him. I think about Ladanian. I think about Drew even at the time, this, you know, the small time that he was there. Obviously, I love watching Phillip Rivers play. Big Dan Fouts fan growing up, I, my dad would just VHS record all these quarterbacks and we would just go back and watch the game. So I didn't have, you know, the all 22, but we were watching these guys. So I love Dan Fouts. But man, there's, there's some good ones, but I'd have to probably say Junior. I feel like Junior's the, Junior and LT probably are the two consummate chargers when you think about them, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Junior. I'm just so glad you name checked him. What a, yeah. what a player, RIP yeah. Junior Seau. That's right. It would be the perfect draft. It will be. Let's be positive. Let's mm-hmm. be affirmative. Yeah, it will good. be the perfect draft for the L.A. Chargers if they what? Address what? Yeah, there's a couple different issues there. I think that they should have addressed the offensive line last year. I think that they have a chance to do it this year just to solidify because I think about the way that these guys play and where Justin's strengths lie. It's in the dropback pass game, and they're going to be in that. I, I just would put it – man, it would be like watching – Eric Coryell back in the day. Like, I would put it up 50 times a game. I'm just, you're going to have to stop him because I haven't seen someone consistently do it. I'm still old enough to remember sitting in Las Vegas watching him convert fourth down after fourth down, these incredibly accurate laser beams. Man, I think that I would do that. I would do everything I could to make sure that he's upright. You can also go to the other side of the ball. You can look at the, you got a great player on the defensive line, Bosa can get to anybody. You got Derwin in the back end, and you put some nice pieces on the corners. I think that linebacker, that area could be that could be upgraded a little bit. So if I had to say we got to do this, I think you need a leader on the defensive side that's not Derwin or Bosa. I need someone at the linebacker position that that gives you a little bit of physical toughness. And I think that on the offensive line, you got to get another tackle to really solidify your young quarterback. David Carr, I wouldn't be surprised if the 2023 LA Chargers did. What? I, the sky's the limit for that quarterback. I just keep going back to that. It doesn't matter who you talk to in the league. It's, it's Justin Herbert. Is, he has that like Marino-type ability in him where it's, he's never going to be out of a game throwing the football. So if you can somehow, Staley, keep from messing it up at the end of the game, so many times situationally, yeah, he's just, he would be on Tom Coughlin's. We used to sit down, Drew, and on Fridays. We'd have, we have coffee with the coach, right, me and Eli and Tom Coughlin, and it would just be a list of videos, right, for 20 or 30 minutes of how teams have screwed it up, right? We're not going to be this team. Let's watch this situation. How would, how would we address this, Eli? Dave, what would we do here, right? And we would just talk through it. Like, the Chargers need a little bit of that, 
right? Get Tom Coughlin out of Florida, fly him out, have him do that on Fridays with your guys. That would go a long way. Or at least, at least have a focus. you got to have a focus on that because that's so crucial. They're a good team. You know, they just got to find a way to get over that hump of situationally messing stuff up. I know the answer to this question because I believe your answer is absolutely. But is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Okay. My last question for you about the Chargers, ironically, mm-hmm. mentioning Eli, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? See, I we think, know Drew Brees is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I think that the only thing that Philip's going to have to deal with is the Super Bowl, the lack of a Super Bowl championship. Because when I think about Eli, if he didn't have the two Super Bowls, I mean, you could say he's a great quarterback, but I don't know that I could convince anyone that he was a Hall of Fame quarterback. You couldn't. Honestly, I don't think you could, David. I shouldn't yeah. say that. No, so, you're, you you're know, right, though. But if, you, but if you do look just bloodlessly at the numbers and take away the names, yeah. and you see just the numbers, Philip Rivers' numbers are far superior oh, they are. to Eli Manning's. And yet Eli has those two rather important, bold-typed lines on the resume <laughs> of Super Bowl wins, and not just Super Bowl wins, but how he yeah. did it. You were there Incredible. for one of them, and you watched it happen. Thank you so much for your thoughts. Thank you so much to today's very special guest, former number one overall pick, David Carr. Now, David, you uh, were a Texans fan, of course, by Mm -hmm. virtue of they chose you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've been a a Raiders fan, (laughs) thanks to your your little brother and birthday boy, Derek Carr. You've been a Giants fan. You still remain a Giants fan. Mm -hmm. And of course, now you'll be a Saints fan. The one thing we know about you, you're not a Chargers fan. So you... There's the door. Get out. You're no longer welcome. Of course. Because we are about to throw open the doors to the NFL Hall of Fans. Chargers fans only, please. Thank you very Please come right in. Fans like one of my oldest friends, a former roommate, a fellow Wisconsin Badger, a Santa Barbara kid, a successful TV producer and comedy writer, and one hell of a point guard, actually, if you ever saw him play, Josh Bicell. Josh Bicell's favorite ever Chargers player, Drew Brees, because Josh loved his competitiveness, says he was short like me, felt like he should have been a Chargers legend for years and years. He was happy for the few years that he did get with Drew Brees. Why is Josh a Chargers fan? Well, the Rams were there, and yes, Dad took me to a Raiders game, he says, at the Coliseum. But then he saw a guy get stabbed eight rows above me. Not a joke, real story. So he started going to Chargers games every year with his aunt and uncle who lived down in San Diego. Every year they would make the trip to Jack Murphy Stadium. Got himself a Dan Fouts jersey, fell in love with the Bolts, has remained a devoted fan ever since. Now, Josh, being the comedy writer, says, look, Being a Chargers fan, it goes pear-shaped every single time. You kind of get used to it, and you just put a grin on your face and move on. He said, I used to go to a game every year when I grew up with my wife. He was there for LaDainian Tomlinson, breaking the all-time single-season touchdown mark. And the handoff to Tomlinson. Left side, and he will gallop into the end zone. Charger fans are witnesses to history. LT's teammates carried him off the field that day. Josh carries that memory with him to this day. Of course, being a Chargers fan means carrying memories like this one, too. Monday night, Broncos, Chargers. He said a friend who was a diehard Broncos fan invited Josh to the game, and Josh said, absolutely, let's go to the game. The Broncos led by Peyton Manning, but the Chargers went up early, 21-zip. His friend said, let's get out of here. Josh said, hey, it's the Chargers. Have faith. The Broncos are going to come back very likely and win this game. And you know what? Josh was right. The Broncos did come back and win that game. He said the perfect draft would be to grab Michael Meyer, that 
tight end out of Notre Dame. He'd like some speed at the wide receiver position on the outside. He says he'll miss Austin Eckler if, in fact, he goes, but believes they better sell high on Eckler now and grab a running back in the second round. Bicell says, I wouldn't be surprised if my Chargers don't make the playoffs. Why? Because in his words, the AFC is ridiculous, he says. Josh, it's hard to argue with that. Bicell said it is classic Chargers that they get themselves a transcendent quarterback at a time when there are seven other transcendent quarterbacks in the same conference. Bicell finishes by saying, I love me some powder blue, but I admit there may be a curse to being a Bolts fan. Think about it, he says. We've got Hall of Fame talent at quarterback for the last 20 years. Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, and now Justin Herbert. And how many Super Bowl appearances do we have to show for it? That's right, the goose egg. Fans like our old colleague and always friend, Crystal Nungarai, who says her favorite player, like Josh Bicell, Drew Brees. She had slightly different reasons for loving Drew Brees. She said he was young and he was cute and he was on my team and my town and he loved God like I did. He was my guy then, now, and always. Hard to argue with that, Crystal. Chargers fans like Susie Beharan. She grew up in San Diego. She's a first-generation immigrant of Iraqi parents. Her father came to the United States and fell in love with baseball first and then found his way into football and used to explain the game to little Susie when she was a little kid. She said LT was the first Chargers player who caught her eye. He saw him, he saw the way he played, and she says, my dad explained to me what a treat it was for us to be able to watch somebody of that supreme talent playing at his very best for our team. She fell in love with the Chargers right then and there. She said she had a fifth grade teacher who used to play highlights of LT in class on Monday after the NFL weekend. That is one hell of a curriculum. Well played. I like that one. She said she is a diehard fan and she refuses to let go in spite of the ups and downs. And yes, in spite of the fact that there are quite often more downs than ups. She says that now as an employee of NFL media and a member of the NFL family, she finally knows more than her father does about the game. And it is the one subject that binds them and connects them unlike any other. She says most of our conversations on the phone are short unless we're talking football. And when we talk chargers, those conversations can go on for a very long time. I certainly understand that, Susie, and thank you for sharing that. She says the perfect draft, Bijan Robinson. Grabbing a running back, Bijan Robinson, because like Josh Bicell, Susie expects to lose Austin Eckler and would love Bijan Robinson to take his place. She says she wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers win the AFC championship. She says this is our year. She believes that Brandon Staley has learned a lot from the previous two years and that this may just be the campaign where this team turns into the team we have expected them to become all along. I asked her, Susie, is that what you say to yourself every year? And she smiled and admitted yes. That is what I say to myself every year, but then she quickly followed up with, but Andrew, this is actually the year. You gotta love faith from a fan like that. And fans like our very good friend Caleb Rosenfeld, who says his favorite player, LT, 
As one of the first players I ever watched LT was just electric, Caleb says. In parentheses, he says, no pun intended. Bolts, got it. By the time Caleb felt like he actually understood the game, he was watching LT win MVPs and back-to-back rushing titles. He says it also helps that I share a birthday with LT. Why is he a Chargers fan? Well, it was the first team he ever watched. He was with his dad back in 2004. They turned on CBS and he was trying to get into football. And the Chargers were the team on the screen. That's all it took. He instantly fell in love with that team, led by Drew Brees, LT, and Antonio Gates. In terms of memories, he says the best memory was probably that 2007 season. After a bit of a rocky start, we rattled off six straight wins to end the regular season and followed that up with a couple of playoff wins winning in Indy to go to the AFC Championship game, led by Billy Volek and Darren Sproles and Michael Turner. That will always stick with me, Caleb says. Yes, it sucks that we lost to the undefeated Patriots, especially with Phillip playing on a torn ACL in that championship game. LT himself was struggling with turf toe, but it was a special season nonetheless and a lifetime memory. He said in 2008, coming back from four and eight to make the playoffs and win a playoff game. That was pretty awesome. The worst memory? No question, he said, the Jags playoff game this past year. Hold on, did something happen in the Jags playoff game this past year? This is gonna be a long flight home, a long off season, and absolutely inexplicable. There are no words to describe what we witnessed here tonight. Oh, right. The perfect draft, Caleb says, either Nolan Smith or trade back and pick up a tight end or a wide receiver in rounds two and three. How about tight end and a wide receiver, Caleb? I'm gonna rewrite that for you. Need a speedy wide receiver, he says. A good, versatile tight end and edge rushing help more than anything. He said, I wouldn't be surprised if my 2023 LA Chargers made the AFC Championship game or completely different narrative, miss the playoffs altogether and Staley gets fired. Oh, let's go small letters for that one. Wide variety of outcomes, but I believe in this team if it all goes right. And fans like Nolan Gelbard. He's a member of our social team here at NFL Media and his favorite ever Chargers player, Philip Rivers. In fact, Nolan goes so far as to say Philip is the reason he is a Chargers fan and says Philip will always be my QB1. In the mid 2000s, Nolan fell in love watching. Philip play. He just loved his energy. He loved his style, daggummit. When asked the question, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer, Nolan shot back, I believe he is. And here's why. Because he's the best quarterback in the history of the Chargers. He's better than Dan Fouts, and Dan Fouts is a Hall of Famer. Ergo, Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I like the thread. I think that's a more convincing argument than I have heard in a long time. It's simple, but effective. His favorite players... LaDainian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, Sean Merriman, Vincent Jackson. He loved that team. He said they were fun to watch, and yeah, they were good. He remembers thinking what a soldier Philip Rivers was to play in the AFC Championship game against those undefeated Patriots with a torn ACL. Not many guys are going to be willing to do that. He said he admitted there aren't many great days, but he certainly remembers the Thursday night football game in December of 2018 when Philip Rivers found Mike Williams in the end zone on that two-point conversion to beat the Chiefs. I remember that day very well. Mike Williams races out of the end zone after making that catch. 
What a bold move to go for two. What a wonderful thing for Chargers fans that they made it. But it's good. It's good. And they take a one-point lead. Nolan says it'll be the perfect draft if the Chargers grab a tight end. He likes... Darnell Washington, he also likes Dalton Kincaid. If they choose to go for a wide receiver, he hopes that it's Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. And when asked the question, I wouldn't be surprised if your Chargers do what this season? He says, I wouldn't be surprised if my Chargers win a playoff game because after last season's early exit, it's what they need to get their juju back on track. And finally, we cannot end today's celebration of the L.A. Chargers without inviting in a Chargers legend. He played for the Chargers back when they were, of course, the San Diego Chargers. He is Rolf Benershka, a name that once you hear it, you never unhear it and you never forget it. I remember watching Rolf Benershka on those West Coast games as a kid on Sunday afternoons, kicking for the San Diego Chargers, and my California dreams really began watching games like that. Rolf Benershka was the 1983 Man of the Year. Keep in mind that back before we called it the Walter Payton Man of the Year, we called it the NFL Man of the Year. And that's the kind of cat that Rolf Benershka was and remains. I want you to listen in now to an interview that I did with Rolf Benershka, whom I met at this year's Super Bowl in Phoenix, Arizona. Rolf was there with his very good friend, Willie Buchanan, another name that you should know. He is a Packers Hall of Famer. He's in the Packers Hall of Fame. He was the defensive rookie of the year in 1972, but his journey in the NFL eventually took him into a Chargers uniform, and that's where Rolf and Willie became friends. But what they did on the field, as exceptional as it was, pales in comparison to what they are doing off the field now. Their story is extraordinary. Their contribution is astonishing. And this is something you need to know and you need to hear. I turn the mic over now to Rolf Benershka and Willie Buchanan. So we're here, Andrew, really to talk about something special. And, and that is what became known as the Huddle Study. Uh, my, uh, I, I went through bad illness when I played. I had Crohn's disease, needed ostomy surgery, got still, still was able to play. I mean, it got great because of Coriel, he allowed me to play again, but it changed my life. It, it, it sent me on. I'm going to interrupt you because the fact is those of us who remember what you went through, remember that you had okay. to go into surgery, emergency surgery, and have most of your intestine, as I recall, removed. And the man came back. Yes. So we talk about a high ankle sprain from Patrick Mahomes, and no disrespect to Patrick Mahomes, it was, it, was, it was wonderful and legendary that he limped back on the field and led his team to victory. This man had most of his intestine removed, and he came back to the field. Bernershka trumps Mahomes. Pick well, up, Andrew, pick again. You know, we were talking about Coach Coriel. He allowed me to play. He said, if you can get the medical staff to convince me that you can protect yourself, we'll let you play. And he, and he should have said, Rolf, thanks, there's 100 kickers in line. None of them wear an Austin bag. But he didn't, so I owe my life, my career to him. But in the process of that, my life was changed. I became very involved in the patient world, patient advocacy world, built a company around developing patient support programs amongst all kinds of disease states. And one of the really special companies we got to work with was a company called Edwards Life Sciences. They developed a new way to replace your aortic valve. As we get older, there's a thing called structural heart disease where your aortic valve may not open and close well. It gets calcified, therefore your body does not get perfused well. Left untreated, in two years, 50% of the patients are dead. 
most of us, when we get older, think, well, we're just getting older. Well, maybe, but there may be a mechanical problem. So Edwards came up with an alternate solution. Prior to that, you literally had to saw your chest open That's right. to replace the valve. Larry Wood, who you're going to introduce in a minute, came up with a procedure to help change that. A catheter is inserted through your groin, up into your heart. At the end of the catheter is a little valve that they, they make. You pull the catheter out, and the next day you walk out of the hospital completely cured, non-invasively, an extraordinary technology that is the standard of care today. Except when he looked at his patient population, less than 4% were African-American. And it killed them, killed the company. So they came to us. They tried everything to change that. They came to us and said, can you help us? And I said, I don't know. But what we understand is the reason for that is lack of access and particularly lack of trust, lack of awareness in the African-American community. And we think we can change that. So we did a pilot, said, let's try. The premise we had to, d to discover was the trust that Willie and I and the locker room that created this special relationship yeah, built on trust and nothing to do with the color of our skin, where we lived, how much, what our education, none of that mattered. What mattered was, were you a good dude that we could count on yes, each other? We were yes. teammates. We were teammates. <laughs> What's important is the trust we had. Did it still exist 40 years later? So the, that hypothesis we had to test. So we did an event. We invited 26 former players and their wives, had to be 50 and older, to get screened, to get educated about heart disease, and to kind of reconnect. Some of us hadn't seen each other for 30 years. And they showed up. And we did the study. We screened them echocardiogram, EKG, non-invasive, easy procedure. We educated them about the symptoms of stroke and heart disease. Let's educate our listener right now because you had an acronym well, that we'll is very to that. easy to remember. Okay. It's called FAST. Yes. FAST stands for F is face. If your face droops, it's a symptom you might be having a stroke. A is arm. If you have pain or numbness in your arm, that's an early warning sign. S is speech. If you're slurring your feet a little bit, you may not even know it, but somebody with you might. And the last is time. If you recognize these symptoms, you have to do something about it. There's a window. you got to get to the hospital where they can give you an enzyme that breaks down the clot. So that's fast. Time that's a two-hour window. So we do the first event, and something happened. Willie, I'll turn it over to you. Willie, go ahead. Well, what happened was I was educated <laughs> from this first event. So... Uh, Four days later, I had a stroke. And because of fast, I recognized the symptoms. Wow. And it, it was the most important part of the fast was the time factor. I was able to dial 911, my, my wife was, and uh, get me to the hospital in a in time and factor that they could shoot this dye into my system, which uh, cleared up the blockage. So we had to do... Um, we had to have that education, and this is what we're trying to do now, is uh, educate all of our players, all of our ex-players, that you don't have to, to try to fight off these symptoms anymore. You're not as vulnerable as you used to be. You can let your body tell you what's happening and address it at this point in time, if you know fast. Now I'm going to bring in Larry Wood from Edwards Life Sciences. Now, Mr. Bernarski, you mentioned a procedure a seismic shift in the treatment of these cardiac issues. No longer having to saw through the chest, but able to do a much more non-invasive, and by the sound of it, much more effective procedure to deal with this. Rolf, both you and Willie, your, your contributions on the field were immense. 
but it's quite possible, and I think you would probably agree at your age and your wisdom that your contributions off the field may prove to be immeasurable, but you cannot do it alone. You have talked about teamwork this whole time. Let's bring in your teammate in this process, Larry Wood. Larry Wood, thank you so much for being here. Thanks a lot. Um, so your aortic valve is the main valve in your heart that, that distributes blood to the rest of your body. And as we age, it gets narrower and narrower. And, and that's okay to a point. And then it gets to a point where it's so narrow, you don't get enough blood flow to your brain and to your extremities. And when that happens, it can become very deadly when it gets severe, um, when your heart valve begins to fail. So the old, the old procedure was just open heart surgery, which, which is exactly as it sounds. And we developed a procedure where we built a balloon that you can, com- or a, a valve that you can compress down onto a balloon about the size of a pencil. And you can thread that up through the groin through about a, about a one inch incision. And we can deliver that valve, replace the old valve. The procedure takes a little under an hour and patients generally go home the next day and and now we don't even really put most of our patients to sleep. They're actually awake during their procedure. So the recovery time, people are back to their normal activities within within literally a week. Um, we've had people back snow skiing. We've had people mountain climbing. We've had people do all sorts of things. So Show offs. It's, it's, a real, <laughs> it's a real game changer for, for patients with heart disease. In, extraordinary. Um, but again, talk to me about the demographics. Why has there been, and maybe you, maybe you can't answer, oh, you can. this, this giant demographic imbalance what the hell was going on and what is happening now? Well, well, unfortunately, it's still going on. The, the healthcare disparities that exist are, are shocking. And in this procedure, African-Americans make up about 13% of the country, but only make up less than 4% of the people that are getting this therapy. And when you jump into it and you try to understand healthcare disparities, what everyone tells you is it's complicated and it's multifactorial, which I learned is an excuse to do nothing because it's too big a problem to solve, so why try? And I just never felt that could possibly be the answer. So I reached out to Rolf, and it comes down to a lot of things. There's access to care. There's obviously social economic issues. Um, there's awareness. But then in the black community, there's huge distrust of the healthcare system. Huge distrust. And I'd say a lot of it's an earned distrust. And and what that means is, is, is that people think ignorance is bliss as it relates to, to their own health. And we had to demystify that. So me reaching out to Rolf and developing this partnership was about how can we leverage his relationships with former NFL players Changes the community, and how can we start addressing this healthcare disparity? And that's really what we set out to do. But the other thing that lacks is data. Because minorities are undertreated and they don't participate in clinical trials, we don't have any data. So there's people that will say, well, maybe they're underrepresented because black people don't get heart disease. And it's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It is the exact opposite. The diametric opposite is the truth, that 30% higher rate of heart disease amongst African Americans. Hypertension and many other, many other conditions. So what we did with this study is we took 500 former players and their family members. We screened them with an echo and with an EKG so we could we could sort through and find out what the state of their cardiac health was. And these are all people that came in healthy. Nobody thought that they had an issue. And it created a data set yep. that we'll be able to publish that we'll be able to prove that no, people of color get, get heart disease just like everybody else does. And then we can start the next step of the process. But access, we took the show on the road rather than asking all the players to come to us. We went to them. We did, I think, nine cities where we did these screening events, about 50 players a, a screening event, 50 or 60. And we were able to do that. But we, we also did was created 500 community advocates, people that can go back like Willie, who can go back into their community. And when somebody says, yeah, my doctor said I have a heart problem or I don't feel well, can, can energize those people and say, this is nothing to be afraid of. You need to go get this checked out. You need to have a physical. You need to have an echo. These tests don't hurt. They're completely non-invasive. And they can tell you so much about your heart health. And 
we have to be our own advocates, but we also have to be advocates for other people in our lives who we might notice are slowing down. Uh, let's continue this moment of ad- advocacy. Let's make sure that we educate our listener as best we can. Uh, if you have one or two tips, if you have a website, if you have a phone number, g- give me all the information you need to give out. You need sure. to put out there. Uh, there. There's a website, newheartvalve.com, which has a lot of a lot of information for patients. But but one thing I will say is that heart disease tends to be a disease of the aging, especially valvular heart disease. And what ends up happening is. You know, Grandpa, he's 75 now. He doesn't get around like he used to. He gets short of breath. He tires walking upstairs. Maybe he quits playing golf. And people think that's just the aging process. But oftentimes, it's cardiovascular disease or heart valve disease. And when can we be proven that when we replace their heart valve, it's equivalent to a 10-year reduction in age. So we can make somebody who's 75 feel like they're 65. They start playing golf again. They start resuming all their activities. So when you see your loved ones slowing down, don't just assume it's the aging process. It could be heart disease. Get them screened, get them an echo, and and you might be able to save their life, but you also might be able to get your loved one back to a, to a place they used to be. You went into this not knowing what you were going to find, yeah. but you knew that something needed to be done. You felt, you instinctually felt that something needed to be done. You had an instinct to protect and care for your former teammates. You knew that we could do better by them. We are doing better by them, thanks to gentlemen like yourselves. But obviously, the future is tomorrow and the next day and the yeah. next day. What do I need to know? So, what do you need to tell us? Thank you. And I'd like to have Larry weigh in. So here's what happened. It became personal to us. I saved. We saved. My teammate was alive because of this. And we I went and did nine more events. And every event, we saved somebody's life, at least. So it became a passion for us. Larry funded the whole thing. He can't fund this anymore. But the boulder has been launched. We have to continue to create these champions and activate them back into their communities and that's the mission right now and this is just the beginning so we know you're sitting here all of these older players i know you're kind when you say elder the fact is we're old but we still have influence in our communities these are legends willie buchanan is a legend he's a legend armed with this information he goes back and influences people that he cares about (laughs) and it gives him a purpose in life it's a, it's a cool, synergistic, um, everybody wins opportunity, and, and that's the mission. Yeah, we we got to try to make the whole world our locker room, right? The locker yes. room, nobody cares about anything other than, than, you know, are you a good person? Can you perform? Can you do what you need to do on Sundays? And that's not how the rest of the world works. And one, of the, one way or another, we got to figure out how to make the whole world our locker room. Larry Wood, Willie Buchanan, Rolf Benershka, I'm going to give you all one last word. What is your message to our listener, what do they need to know? You're, you're a caregiver and you're also an advocate for your own health. Take care of your own health, but watch out for those around you. If somebody's slowing down or if something doesn't seem right, it probably means something's not right. Get them into their doctor, get them screened, get them an echo, get them an EKG. You might save their life. Uh, that was Larry Wood, Edwards Life Sciences. Ed, Larry, thank you so much for being here. Willie Buchanan, the mic is yours. So now you got to trust your body. you got to understand that when your body is, is telling you symptoms that you uh, know that aren't right, you need to go take care of that thing. Take care of the symptoms. It's fast. If you know the acumens of, of uh, those types of things, you will be a better person. Or go take a CPR class. Well done, Willie Buchanan. We are so glad that you are with us. Thank you so much for being with us today. I am. Rolf Benershka, the final word is yours, sir. Well, first of all, thank you, Andrew. Great to meet you on so many levels. Thanks for allowing us to do this. But I think that the thing that I would leave is about trust. Um, we have to start trusting the system. There are companies like Larry's and there are people out there trying to help and we owe them a responsibility. We can no longer hide behind what happened to it in the past. We have to 
start to trust the system and save our lives and the people we care about's lives. Larry Wood, Willie Buchanan, Rolf Benershka, we are better for having listened to you. We're better that you're in our lives. Gentlemen, thank you so very much. I want to thank today's very special guests, the former number one overall pick, David Carr, all of the Chargers fans who were willing to share with us their triumph, their tragedies, and of course, the indomitable, the legendary Rolf Benershka and Willie Buchanan, whose story had to be told, and I was so honored to be able to share it with you. I also want to invite all of you to join us tomorrow on Wednesday when our countdown to the draft hits South Beach. We're talking Miami Dolphins. They do not have a pick in the first round of this year's NFL draft, but we have questions about their future. What were they in 2022? What will they be in 2023? What is the perfect draft plan for a team without a first round pick? Will Tua be the week one starter? Should Tua be the week one starter? How dangerous will this defense be now that they have, don't forget, Jalen Ramsey? The future looks bright for Miami. We will see just how bright tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.